you know, Marianne Jamalter, I have something sad to admit for this uh, special episode, the F World post Baku race. And uh, I hate to say it, don't hate me for it, but I fell asleep twice watching that race because it was kind of boring. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm upset with myself too. <laughs> well, I appreciate your honesty, and I, I'm sure you're not alone in that. I ironically did not fall asleep, but I, I definitely agree, especially after such a long wait of having no racing and no me on the air either. Welcome uh, back. It's yeah. good to see everybody yes. again. Welcome. Welcome um, back, it was definitely anticlimactic. Uh, probably the most exciting thing was when uh, people almost got run over in the pit lane. And of course, that's not exciting, but that was <laughs> the almost, most exciting thing. It, there was the, the only two moments I actually, you know, in my notes for our uh, like favorite moments and highlights, I did write down my no- my two were Esteban Ocon being able to stop so quickly and not hit people in at the end of the race and George Russell's understanding of pit lane overtake rules. Oh, yeah, that was that was impressive. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was, uh, I remember people were wondering, is that even allowed? I got so many texts asking uh, if if that was actually allowed. And I had to look it up in the middle of the race. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it actually is allowed as long as you're a, a, a lane of. Uh, a wheel on the fast lane, yeah. Yeah. And you have to, and it's a certain breaking point. Too. Yeah. So this, I think that the second, you have to be able to hit the first or second one ahead of the other and then it counts yeah i think the commentators rightfully pointed out there that uh his garage placement i think sort of enabled that right like if he had been further down the pit lane he wouldn't have been able to do it so i think it was a very canny use of the rules i think it showed a a very high iq driver's iq uh, by uh russell in that case and i think you know kudos to him yeah um, I think the only thing that would have made this race a little bit more actually pretty exciting for me would have been if Max and Red Bull just decided, you know what, we're not going to use DRS. We're going to just <laughs> overtake without it because clearly it probably would have been what, lap five? Well, it was it was the Green Bull it. that had no DRS. Yeah, well, yeah, the Green yes. Bull definitely did not. That was Well, they had DRS on um, Sunday, but they didn't on the race day, but right. not, not on Saturday right. at all. Do you want to know how they fixed it? I do want to know, but I first want to finish up my rant about why I think that Max Verstappen would have eventually gotten to Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc by lap five, and it would have just been a little bit more exciting because you just wouldn't know what's going to happen with that. But are we are we talking I, no pitting before the safety car event as well? I, you mean without DRS? He would have oh, passed yeah. him anyway, oh, yeah, though, even I, without DRS. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Probably would have taken him to like lap five yeah, and instead then of whatever may, it was, too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then maybe Perez would have caught up by like, ugh, like lap 10 or 12, but still. We would have had a same outcome, I sure. think, or maybe a slightly different outcome. But I think that would have been. I think that should be the next thing that Red Bull does, just because they're bored. Just not use DRS. Just not use DRS. There's no reason. Just for Just a free to, handicap. Yeah, they just don't. You know what? We're bored. You Tweet, want Max? Have a challenge. Tweet it out to them. See if they'll uh, accept the challenge. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll consider doing that. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. I'll, I'll consider it, and then maybe after the break, I might do it on the show. But just do it. Just do it. Okay. Well, Mary so tell us, how yeah, do they Mary fix Ange. the DRS? Oh, right. Um, WD-40. No. <laughs> no way. They just oiled it? For real? No. Um, and not WD-40, okay. but they did use lubricant. Okay. So uh, they went through the engineering flowchart, yep. which is, is it supposed to move? Yes. And then is it moving? No. Then use lubricant, right? Because if it's not supposed to move and it's moving, then you use duct tape. 
Sure. So <laughs> that that's that's the two ends of the flow chart. Um, nice. They, yeah, it's the new design um, just wasn't reacting well with the bumpiness of the track and the downflow of the straight and just it started oscillating and it wouldn't open properly. Hmm. Um, and they couldn't do anything because, you know, there's the, the, the freeze for the weekend. So they were kind of stuck with it. So yeah, they, they forced it and then looped it and then, uh, it worked by race day. The freeze for the weekend. You mean park Ferme? Yeah. Which is a French <laughs> term. Yes. Mm, I, yes. thought, I thought you'd be jumping all over, <laughs> chomping at the bit to chomping spit out the, the <laughs> that bit of French from yeah. uh, from F1. But uh, yeah, that, and, and here I'll just quickly throw out a uh, bar room trivia that will help everybody. Uh, do you know what WD stands for in WD40? Absolutely not. Uh, wait. I got to find that book in my head. Uh, I, I believe this to be true. Water displacement. I think so. Yeah, so that it, sounds right. You are 100% correct. Yeah. Wire displacement. There you go. So uh, if any of our listeners are ever in a bar night pub trivia and they win because of that, please remember go. the F world. Also, if any of our listeners are stuck on a racetrack and need to open up a valve, uh, a DRS flap, WD40. <laughs> there you there go. go. You've learned some I, valuable again, ice license. Again, I must specify just for facts say yes that they um, probably weren't using it wasn't actually wd-40 particular product no yeah. i'm no. taking your actually, word crack I'm your word as law it was wd-40 <laughs> yeah crack they uh, even quoted we almost used wd-40 but uh we're able to get away with lubricant there you go so michael you know. mike this is michael crack right i'm pretty sure that's i'm gonna double check i this. don't know i giggle at the last name and i forget the first yeah, i know you do <laughs> <laughs> I, my maturity I shows <laughs> <laughs> I know you would. Uh, yeah, crack. It just says crack. Cool. Um, Mike Crack. Yeah. That, that makes it worse. <laughs> Mike, Michael Crack is, I, I think, a very, uh, un, I think I think he's going to, he's doing an interesting job. I, I'm going to, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Aston Martin at the end of the year and where he get he ranks in terms of uh, what pe- people's ranking, the rankings of team principal. I think he's very underrated compared to, uh, the ones that we, the more infamous ones the we know. The profile, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's because no one knows him enough to have the character come out. Yeah. Right? Because when you think Christian Horner and Toto Wolf, even Gunther Steiner, which I need, you need, someone needs to text me and remind me to buy Gunther's book because I think we should, I should buy Gunther's book and then we should just randomly read passages from it on the show and see what we think of things. And You want to start a book club? I would love to start a book book club. I'd also love to see. I'll join you in this book club. We should also read um, Will Buxton's book uh, and see what what that one's like. So okay, well, how about you pick one mm-hmm. and we start from there? Okay, well, we're gonna go with the Gunter Gunter Stein because that's the All newest right. one, and I think Gun is probably the, be the most colorful one. See if yeah. we can talk the UFV library into getting it. I, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I'll see. I well, feel I feel like it'd be a good for like in between race episodes. You oh, know, 100%. we just we we read a couple chapters and then we meet back up and talk about it. And I'm all right we, with it. And if we think anything's funny, we should just read it like as if it's as if it's Bible verses verses for a second. Like, pass Psalm one o two, the the book of Stein, <laughs> chapter three, <laughs> line four, yeah. paragraph seven, Mazepin one eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Watch it just be like the car. Yeah, spin it's just spin one spin. line, two words. Yeah. The the weather was coming in and you still managed to get 18th place. 
<laughs> just, just just making fun of that. Um, but carrying on, I think some of uh, another highlight that Walter, that um, Marianne and I came up with, and we thought would be we would love to like get your thoughts on, is uh, Alonzo's teammate. Alonzo was being a great teammate. Yeah, his brothership, um, his his yeah, his big brothership. His his the uh, I loved I loved the the radio chatter. I was awake for this part when um, Lance Stroll said, "Oh, don't tell Alonzo that I'm not going to push him. I'm going to I'm going to defend." And then Alonzo's response, ah, okay, okay, let him have fun. Let him, let him push if he wants to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to have, uh, exactly. Let, I remember Let him have that. a go. Yes, exactly. So yeah. I, I think Lance said, I'm not going to attack. And yeah. then that's what Fernando said. Yeah, well, you know, he's welcome to. I, I, actually, I loved his response because I thought it was pretty, pretty OG, pretty gangster because he's just like, yeah, he can try. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's. I'm, I'm on the top of my game right now. So this Come is. At me. This is where it gets a little interesting because I'm watching this season with someone who's never watched Formula One before. And so this has been their fourth race. Um, They're very confused about the sprint, but they love Alonzo because of the wholesomeness. (laughs) Right. And they're like, they're like bringing it back to, okay, well, uh, Russell, like looking at Russell or as Perez with uh, Verstappen behind him or Hamilton behind him and, you know, the back talk of like, are they managing? Am I managing? You know, yeah. that, that competitive edge. And then having Fernando just be like, yeah, let him have a go. It's just, you know, that on top of the, the towing that happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was a wholesome weekend for Alonzo. Yeah. And, uh, or was it? Or was it? Or was it? Where, where? Because the, well, and I, this is pure conjecture, but it, it fits nicely into this discussion. Um, there was also a point in the race whereby Alonzo shared with his uh, race engineer to tell Lance to use his particular brake settings. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. So Alonzo said, you know, tell tell Lance to uh, that I've been having good luck or, you know, good use with these particular brake settings and he might want to try them as well. Yeah. And we don't, I don't know. I hadn't heard anything if, if stroll, if Lance stroll actually did use those settings, but the lap after that radio announcement, that's when stroll crashed or hit the wall. So it's, so then, then my mind starts thinking, okay, is that coincidence? Probably. But if, even if it isn't coincidence, did Alonzo share that with Stroll, hoping that it actually would throw him off? Now, I'm sure that he didn't because he wants the team to do well. But there were some people sort of um, that was their take on it. I can't believe it. No, of course not. No, no I can't. Yeah. I can't. I think I, think, I can't even. Yeah. I think if you're I think that's just a, like a hazard of the job. Mm. Like you just you, you adjust your brake settings electronically, which I think is still pretty kind of is kind of cool. You can't come into pit and do this, but it's electronic brake uh, setting adjustments. You're probably going to, you know, take a little time to to readjust when you're braking and going well, into corners when well, compared to where you're not used I, to, right? Again, I don't know, and I, I I really wish I could have found out if Stroll did apply those settings, and I I kind of think that he probably didn't, because something like that I think is very individual to the driver, right? Mm-hmm. And so then, it, it, let's say he did. Well, then all of a sudden he's driving the car in a very different way. It's very unfamiliar to him. That feeling of that brake balance being whatever it was that Alonzo had suggested. If Stroll did implement that, then I, that that could throw him off. 
It's possible mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. the timing too, because usually when you change something um, as systematic as like suspension or or brakes, um, especially while you're driving, um, sometimes it can have a little bit of a mechanical adjustment period or mm-hmm. electronical adjustment period. And if he did that at the wrong time, like if it took time for him to get the message back and then it was the sure. lap right after, yeah. right? Let's just picture that that was the corner on which he did the adjustment. And so there was a little bit of an adjustment being made and then go on afterwards. Um, I think if if it would have been, you know, a lot more dramatic than that, not, even then, I don't know. The way Alonzo has been big, big brothering Stroll, I just can't picture him sabotaging. No, and I, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not saying that. <laughs> could you I, imagine though? Also, were, everyone tapped the people. wall. <laughs> could you yeah. imagine? Like, turn turn oh, three yeah. and turn fifteen got tapped uh, could you, could, a lot. Could you just imagine though? That he's seeking. Stroll just gets worse and worse and worse, <laughs> and Alonso just gets well, so much better. No. And he's like, it's not outside the realm of possibility. <laughs> he's done it. Where he, he's at done the end it of the season, Alonso will take off his Alonso mask, and he'll be Alonso underneath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, he's just. I can't wait for him to just to wear, wear the black. It was old man Fernando the old time. Where, yeah. exactly what I was alluding to. Was like, Very nice. Little did you know that I'm like you know nothing has changed. Everything is the same. But de- definitely, yeah, I think he's. Uh, this is the the new Renaissance version of Alonso, and he certainly seems to be enjoying that car and that team. He's obviously the leader in that team, given his. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the he's the leader of almost F1 because. I think he's the has the most laps of any active driver on yeah, the grid I think right he's, now. He's one of them. It's got to be up there for sure, yeah. if not the top. Well, uh, so. no, I I know we talked about it. You and I talked about it during the Bahrain preseason episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the inaugural, I think it was the inaugural qualifying episode. We actually talked about uh, the fact that he and we did look up. If oh, he because has, he had a couple seasons off. He, I think he, I think right. he has the he has the second most practice laps. Yeah, something. I like think that. I think it was Massa he's, he's, that has the most. Yeah, he's been in he's been in the sport for literally decades. So of course he's the leader on that team, and you know they're doing very well. Although uh, I wondered, and and maybe this is taking the conversation in a different direction too soon, but I wondered if they left the charge for Alonso to try to catch Leclerc at the end of the race, if they left it too late, because. I think they did. There was pace in that car. Yeah. yeah. He was sort of around, you know, a second and a half, two and a half seconds back for most of the race. And then I remember the um, the team engineer, someone from the team, or no, Alonzo himself maybe, asking how many laps are left. And yeah. they said 14. And he said, oh, that's a good number. Because he felt there was enough in the tires that he could push. And he started pushing. At that time, I think he was maybe six or seven seconds back. And he ended up catching Leclerc and being less than a second when yeah. they crossed the line to finish the race. So I, I wondered, wow, yeah. you know, if they'd yeah. started pushing sooner, eight. if he could have maybe got that um, next consecutive podium. Yeah, I, I yeah. completely agree. He So Charles Leclerc uh, podiumed. Uh, we'll talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, in a second here, with a, he was 21 seconds off Sergio Perez. Yeah, yeah. And then 21, 21.217. And Fernando Alonso was 22.024. Yeah, so, so less than a second. Yeah, really yeah. within there. And I think he, I think Alonso even said, we had pace. It's Ferrari should be really concerned that we were only a second off. And yeah. We were, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And if that's the case, then why didn't they push sooner? Why did they leave it that late? I, Ooh, I know. Please tell us. Because just like us, 
they were falling asleep too. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, it was nice one. Maybe, maybe, maybe only the drivers were awake in that. In that, uh, and even then, you know, when you're like awake but you're on autopilot. Pretty much when I do the yeah. dishes, <laughs> it almost slice my thumb off. One like I almost did uh, last night. But, Ouch! Yeah, I mean, I, I like all. I realized I'm I'm th- I'm thankful that my my knives are a little dull, so I definitely like felt the blade, and I was like, oh crap! And I looked, and it, I'm totally fine, no cut. But the split second of you feel the blade, and you don't know. Yeah, that like the the gut wrenching. <gasps> yeah. And if I and I, and I was it was funny because I was when I was cooking last night I was thinking I need to get one of those like knife sharpeners that you can just like pull. We're so far off and, topic. Um, I'm thankful I didn't because I would have slipped my hand. No, because we were almost going to fall asleep while I was cooking. When I not when I was cooking when I was doing the dishes. Were you off by a second just, on the dishes? Yeah, I actually was. You know, <laughs> I, I really think so. I was really mad that I I cleaned a pot two seconds slower than I was count than I thought I would count in my in my head. There and we I was go. Like, oh, if only I had that Red Bull DRS to. To, to do that you know you just gotta lubricate your own yeah exactly right totally good um i wanted to give a second honorable mention to our pal and under underappreciated well not i want to say underappreciated kind of like perfectly appreciated driver who had some terrible woes on saturday yuki spinoda or sonoda i should call it stop calling him spinoda because he's not spinning yet but devries no. is spinning i think yeah, yeah. devries and and Jao had a spin yeah uh qualifying yeah he spun mm-hmm. out yeah. joe bit. did and then joe had to unfortunately had to retire due to some battery overheating uh battery and, and brakes overheating problems that yeah. they couldn't fix while he was on track or had stopped so even that- saints uh signs i'm so saints. bad with that one saints saints call of saints yes he he spinned out too during qualifying a little bit yeah it was that was uh, interesting we can we can talk about that uh, in it for in a, in a second just because I think well actually no it, you want to go to Yuki yeah it'll, it'll, honestly okay. it'll, it'll just take a quick second to talk about why I think I think there was a lot of like tire change ups Everyone, this was the first race with the all with the I call it like the new soft the C seven um tire yeah it was Q one yeah so that was a new one the, the obviously the new sprint race and everyone taking fresh tires and and um and you know slippery slip, being slippery. But also, like, Baku was freaking hot, apparently. Like, the track was so ridiculously warm. I think I think someone was saying that from Friday, Friday, it was, like, the the, the track temperature was near 30 degrees. Yeah. Saturday, it was, like, 35 degrees. And then I think Sunday, it was, it was cooler at the beginning, but then got warmed up to almost, like, th- mm. 40 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Um, so, and- I don't know if, I don't know if that actually... It's supposed to benefit the car tires more, but that you know that was it was showing to be pretty kind of spinny and uh, slippery. Well, most of and it. and the interesting thing about that is that Baku this year was uh, earlier than last year. So I think last yeah. year it was either later in May or maybe even in June last year. So yeah, it w- it was significantly earlier by three, four, five, maybe even six weeks. I believe certainly at least three. Uh, and so I, that I would have expected to lead to cooler temperatures, but as you're saying, maybe the the, the track itself was hotter that yeah. day. I, well, I, I, also mm-hmm. like stop me if I'm wrong because I don't watch it. Um, but F2 was also uh, oh. on that track this weekend, was oh it not? My gosh, F2. 
Did you not see? No. No, I don't. You, I don't actually. We we talked watch about anything this? other than that was F one. We much too early for me to we, wake up. We to. we uh, Matt and I on on the qualifying episode on our Saturday episode. Go check it out at the form, at form of the world on Spotify. Or shameless Instagram. plug. It's not such a shameless plug. It's just proper. Um, <laughs> but what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, there is a, a six car pileup oh. in F two where okay. Norton could take the first corner. The the lead car. Uh, a Red Bull car took the corner and then misjudged the exit of the corner mm. and pulled off his suspension. Oh. Uh, Charles Leclerc's little brother right. Arthur was yeah. a part of it all. Yeah. The like there was just a massive six car pileup that Jeez. took out like I think I think it was one of those races that only like ten or twelve cars actually finished the race, and that pileup was after the race restarted. <laughs> So there's already more that were taken out. And then oh, wow. Right. So yeah. I, f- I feel like we should have been watching F2 instead of maybe F1 this weekend. Maybe more excitement there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe. But um. also you were right. You were, you're actually way, uh, you you are right. It is way, Baku last year was way out, way later in, into the year, but you're off. It was in June. It was June 10th and 12th. Okay. So, so we're like a, yeah, a, a solid yeah. month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But so going back to my point about F2, right, if you've got high temperatures and you've got more tires going through the track, um, usually it's going to make a stickier substance because more rubber gets placed on. onto the track. Yeah. Right. So if anything, there probably should have been less spinning. Or maybe um, they're just trying to like, they're almost kind of oversteering it to kind of yeah, correct but, it I from mean, what they're not used to. And then they the, just too The much. name of the game, I think, for uh, most of it, except for the third qualifying um, of the shootout, like, not many soft tires were used. Most were using their hard and mediums. For the for the shootout, you could only do medium. Well, no, the shootout. I, that's why I'm saying, like, uh, except so for the the shootout, because I know that that was medium, medium, soft. Yeah. But um, new they medium, didn't have a new choice. medium, new soft. Yes, which, which was why Norris yeah, couldn't, couldn't run. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but outside of that, right, we didn't actually see that many soft tires um no, during the, the race. No. I don't think you saw. Well, you saw no. George Russell put them on for the last lap to get fastest lap. Good for George. But I don't think anyone ran the softs simply because they were too soft and they just yeah. they yeah. didn't hold up at and, all. And yeah, no, and, they wouldn't last. And yeah, and the, those temperatures and the, yeah, like you saying the track temperatures going up, they just ripped them apart. And you really saw that even in qualifying, where how much they were switching. Um, yeah, you could just see the blistering that they were doing if you locked up. Or there was a one point where they were showing uh, Hamilton's car, and you could see that there was like the the, the, the graining line. Like yeah. already started. It was like two laps in, and they were, and he was. It was already starting to show. Um, and then even I think it was Alonso during the race could easily see how Lewis's tires were blistering so much. So that's allowed him to help over like time is overtaking in that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but back to my the original point. Yeah, Yuki, uh, Yuki mm. had some terrible woes on the sprint and some really unluck. Like some like I think both red flags in the in Friday's qualifying and the sprint shootout kind of screwed him over a little bit. Uh, I think one of them he had to like completely bail out of his of his time because he was on time to make really good. Yeah, the red flag came and then, out. Yeah, and then the red flag. Yeah, took him out. So sad. And then all that, but he turned it around. He 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 went. He started in eighth place on the on Sunday. 
finished 10th. So our boys got two points this he, year. He has double the points of uh, Alexander Albon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you, <laughs> That's you know, so sad. <laughs> so far, he gave me the most entertaining radio chatter. Oh, yeah. Oh, right yeah. right after Stroll got told. Just lines of beeps. Yeah, he, he's... he's that, is, yeah. that is all we heard. He's pretty blue. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, but he's... I mean, I think that there is a big question on whether or not Yuki could handle being a number one driver on a team. Uh, whether 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 he is as a as a leader with DeVries or mm. a, or anything like that, I don't know because because obviously there's not as much coverage with the the smaller teams uh, to share the limelight. But we'll we'll find out if we I'm sure if we just watch more of of AlphaTauri, then we'll see more of it. But I think Yuki has done a pretty decent job for where AlphaTauri is as a team. To what the and considering what that car can actually do, to what he's been able to kind of produce, he's been fighting yeah. a bit more. He's been he's been losing out of points mainly because of, of bad pits of pit stop calls or or or, or this or, or like kind of bad luck with safety cars and that. But he's been challenging uh, Magnussen a lot. He's been challenging uh, uh, more uh, more. He's been driving more elbows out and not spinning out or crashing. Uh, compared to the last last two years he's been in, and he's taking corners smarter. Yeah, than no, he there has seems been, to so. be uh, a huge amount of progress with him, and and he seems to have found his teeth. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be next Applause. next season. Um, I think I'm gonna get his name up here so I don't mispronounce well, I, it. Are you gonna talk about the changes at Alpha Tower? I was just about. Yeah. To, that's what I was yeah. just about to say because I think next season with the new team principal and and I think it's I think that news really kind of took the two drivers that both Sonoda and DeVries have said that that kind of took them by surprise. Sure. Kind of, a, they woke up one morning and, Oh, by the way, you have a new team, team principal next year. There, there's a lot of instability there, I think. And you and I have talked about this before, you know, there was rumors of the team being sold and there's still rumors of the team being sold. I had read or heard somewhere that there was an offer even on the table I, a substantial offer, eight yeah, or nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, you came. I, you came to me with that. I can't believe that, but someone's reporting on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of instability there. The car itself, I don't. I think we all agree, has not been great this year. Uh, their rookie, I think we can also agree, has not been great this year. Certainly not living up to the expectations that were placed upon him, based mm-hmm. on his performance last mm-hmm. year, filling in at Williams. Now with the. the turnover in management uh i don't know if that's good news or bad news but i think it's more of the latter i think it's it's kind of bad news for them yeah i mean it's the current and then now soon to be former sporting director laurent mckeese is taken over as team principal next season for alpha tauri uh for uh france tost yeah i don't know i think if anything i mean i don't know it's 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 a like i don't know we have to really watch and see what happens um, because I think that's another like even McKee's leaving is another Ferrari move because it's Ferrari and who knows what the hell is going on in Ferrari's head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I can't figure it out. It's there's so much to do with how that that team and family and and company is run that any management position change up is always up for what the hell is going on. Why is this? Is this is this because they're bad at the job, or is it because they talked back to the family CEO? 
too much. You mean right? within Ferrari? With, within itself, Ferrari, and yeah. that's why he may have left. Well, I don't know. Well, Alpha Tauri, you know, is is not a Ferrari sister team, but certainly there used to be some quite close relationships. Toss has a Toss has two a, teams. So yeah, and yeah. Al- Alpha Tauri is specifically. I think you and I pointed this out on one of the episodes. We found out that Alpha Tauri is actually the Italian based um, clothing brand for Red Bull. Mm-hmm. So all the Red Bull clothes are done by Alpha Tauri in that. And so Toss has a very big relationship with Ferrari in, in Italy. So it makes sense to have that. And I think McKees has done an interesting job in the since he's been kind of one of the bigger directors at Ferrari to get them to where they are right now. Um, and then obviously just Ferrari does Ferrari things and blows it up in their face. But uh, yeah, so I think that's just all. There's a lot of there's a lot of things affecting Alpha Tauri that will be interesting. And I think just when I, I, I'm just thinking back of what I just said, and I think I totally got that wrong. I just want to make sure. Uh, Alpha Tauri, of course, Red Bull's true yep. sister team. For some reason, I was thinking Sauber. Uh, so just, <laughs> could, could we strike that from the record, please? Yes. Okay, Thank no. you. It is, it is struck. Stricken? It struck. is stricken. Thank yeah. you. Yes. All the above. Yeah, there we go. We have to do that. Uh, but speaking of, this is a great segue into the great Prancing Stallion, Ferrari. They really didn't do... Anything Ferrari this race. They just... Um, you mean they didn't break down? Yeah, or they didn't make any no stupid... weird calls. Yeah. 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 They just... Bad luck of... The Red Bull's unstoppable. Yeah. You can't get better than third. No, they were pretty straightforward this uh, this weekend. Well, sort of everybody was. That I think that, that yeah. was one of the reasons why there was a, it was a rather boring race. Just everything was kind of as expected. And so... Yeah. And most most were like three seconds, um, three to twenty five seconds difference between them and the person in front of them. So yeah. it was just the pace was. But well, there were some people suggesting that was it was it the lack of practice time, true practice time, like free yeah. practice, because that, that really two... led to this. Because there, no, there was only one free practice. Oh, that's right. It was only Friday. I it think was Friday so. Was practice on Friday, straight into qualifying on Friday for the Sunday race. And then Saturday, you had qualifying for the sprint and the sprint. Yeah. I mean, look at um, look at Australia and then Baku, right? Like there was so many WTF moments with Australia. Baku is so unforgiving with its corners because they're pretty sharp and everywhere. Um, I think with not enough practice, most people were trying to play it safe. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think could that's be that what. Kind of because the the couple incidents where the drivers didn't play it safe. I mean, it was unforgiving. You know, and that's that's a really, really interesting point. And if that's true, then it's almost the opposite of what I think Formula One management or Liberty was going for, because they wanted to try to make more more spectacle. They wanted to have something significant on every day. So rather than Friday just being testing purely. You had the actual qualifying for the race, so that's something significant. Mm-hmm. Saturday itself was an entirely well depends on your view on the sprint, but you know there was a shootout and the sprint, so that day itself was quote unquote significant. But if in doing that they made the race itself, the Grand Prix, more boring, then they've sort of shot themselves in the foot. I would say, yeah, yeah, because that's what happened, right? With those three events before the race, it took three events for all the drivers to realize, yeah. oh, this is unforgiving, right? Yeah, like I am better off going off straight if I can't make the turn instead of risking it, mm-hmm. right? Well, and we've seen drivers do that in the past, but 
I agree. This year, Baku felt different. The Azerbaijan Grand Prix felt different. It didn't feel as wild as it normally is. And and so it could be a number of factors. But when you look at the big change they made to that weekend, introducing the sprint there, which a lot of people questioned in the first place, like, is this the best place to introduce, A, a sprint race, and B, this new format that they just came up with, like, I think literally a day or two before the sprint it, itself. It, it was like there the were a lot week, of questions. Yeah, it was like Monday or Tuesday yeah. that they actually brought it up i am still of the mind that if we're going to do a sprint either it needs to be done after the race because then the teams really have nothing to lose and they can really push it interesting because right now they they can push it but they still have sure. to be careful because yeah, if course. they wreck it then what yeah. are they going to drive tomorrow yeah. Yeah. um or or just put them all in Mini Coopers. <laughs> I heard you mention that yeah. in. Uh, Take out I, I the don't constructors. Know which it was, but I did hear that. No, yeah. no point for the constructors. You know, just make it driver points alone. Put them all in Mini Coopers, and especially, especially colored Mini Coopers on a track like Baku for a sprint. Like I'm, I'm loving the visual, and you can have them just completely go for it. Have, you know, have that uh, song. Did you ever watch? Did you ever watch uh, the Born Identity? when he's doing the Vinnie Cooper car chase and it's like that song. Oh, like, I was, I was more thinking like the Italian job. Yeah. But I'm saying that the, the Tetris music. No, that sounded like the that, that, that probably is the Tetris. That was the Tetris. Say. Yeah. But, um, well, regardless of what car you put them in and there could be something to that. I but mean, put every, them all in the same one. Mm-hmm. Right. And make it just purely a driver skill sprint where it's like, there's no difference in the mechanics of the cars. Sure everyone's at the same level let's see who's the best driver see i was just going to take that a different direction and say actually two things one serious one not first the not serious thing you could have every constructor put their road car on for the sprint race so you got ferrari racing a ferrari you got honda racing a honda Mm. you got and then then the ones that aren't constructors like haas (laughs) i was gonna say they would use their maybe engine supplier road car or something like mm-hmm. that that's my not serious one mm-hmm. the serious one is <laughs> regardless of what a... you do with the sprint um i don't really like the idea of those points counting towards the world drivers championship i think there needs to be a separate uh sprint championship so you earn points that's the sprint that's but the sprint then why why but have see, it that can, makes see that that's, already that, it's a ridiculous well, concept. That, that's a good to have question. It. Why have yeah. it? See that <laughs> right? that's where I agree. because we're watching Formula One to watch Formula One. If I wanted to watch Formula Two or Formula Three or Formula Four or any other sort of Formula Championship, Formula Sprint, if you'll have it, you know, then I'd be watching that. Yeah, no, I, I so, agree. I'm not like, a fan. It's a ridiculous concept. It was a excusable ridiculous concept when they were playing it off as it's qualifying for the race. Yeah. Right? Okay, fine. Bit of a stretch, but you know, I'll 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 take it. But now at this point, it's a separate event. You take away the points, then it's completely separate. And you might as well put them in Mini Cooper because then at least they'll look like the clowns that they look like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I feel the sprint is very contrived. I know you liked the sprints last year, Taryn. Mm-hmm. You're a big fan, especially, I think, of the Brazil sprint. The Brazil sprint is like, I, I think... You know, I'll let you guys all finish because I, as I think I'm the only one here that actually kind of is for the sprints in right. a way. But I do have my own 
my own kind of registrations of them. I like the concept. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. I think that anyone that kind of goes like, it's not the spirit of the sport. Mm-hmm. The spirit of the sport is racing. Is racing. Sure. So I anytime you do more racing, yeah. that is better. For the, you know. However, I have some registrations, but I have some ideas that I think work better. But here's here's the thing. It is it, the spirit of the sport is racing. I'm with you on there. It does give more racing, but when it was an excusable, ridiculous event, right, of a qualifying to then qualify to then race, fine. But more and more, it's getting separate from the racing. And that's where Mm -hmm. it's like, well, why? Because if it's racing for racing sakes, I mean, you can just start a new league. Yeah, so that's my thing. So I even when I heard this new format, my first instinct was, why don't you just have it a mini tournament through the series that someone mm. at the end of the, at the end of it could be the sprint champ the world sprint champion or something or the formula 1 sprint winner and that gives the incentive for lower the lower drivers like the like the like the, the the immediate one that I thought of would be well it gives someone like Nico Hulkenberg who can qualify really well and then maybe if he has a chance to push for only 10 25 laps he's going to do that more not have to worry about pit stopping and losing that place. So you have these these ones who are good qualifiers, have a chance to get to pick up some points, have a chance to kind of show the do that, podium a little bit more, win mm-hmm. something, get some more reputation, get get some chances to be a little bit more in the limelight. That's always good. My thing is, though, is that it is kind of like what you're saying, Marianne. It's almost too separate to the point where, like, well, that doesn't matter. And if you take away the points, it doesn't matter. All right. If, and so... Yeah, that's I, kind of where I, I, I got am. an amendment to my sprint ideas. Could, if we're not going to do the, the the Mini Coopers, right? Just going off of what you were saying, why don't we just re- remove Red Bull, Ferrari, Austin Martin, Mercedes, and Alpine, right? From the ability to do the sprint. And then we get points to people who wouldn't get points anyways, right? But at least we, we have an event, that we can watch where it's like, well, what if it was just these guys? Yeah, yeah. Th- there's something to that because, uh, and I think a lot of people commented that the sprint really was no different than the race. The race was not not much different than the sprint. The finishing orders were very, very similar. Yeah. I think this is, I messaged, I think the two of you in our discord server, uh, when you were talking about this during the show, the, that, F-World, the F-World pod, you can find that at the F world podcast on discord, right? Searching it in. And please do. We'd love to hear from you. Um, I messaged to you that, you know, why don't we have the reserve drive? And it's, I'm sure lots of people have had this idea, but give the reserve drivers a chance. Have them uh, run in the sprint. I was actually just going to say what I think my thoughts is not do Mini Coopers, but keep the points in, but they're constructor points, not driver's points I, anymore. Yeah. And then you only, you give them like B-spec cars and you kind of do it kind of what they, because I, I looked up the history of the sprints. And there was a subtle, like a not subtle, a slight like introduction of them way back, like earlier in like the seventies and eighties, when they had like the twin turbos and everyone was blowing up every other race and like just go, just put them in there, go nuts, go nuts for hundred kilometers, and then people would blow up and uh, be able to race on Sundays. So they got rid of it, which I agree, and that's been your major concern, Marianne, just that. I think that the modern day cars and like the ability to create them to fix them and everything is so much more advanced that that's a slight, that still a concern, but a different type of concern. So I think they should do what they did in the eighties in that or in the first attempts, which is 
let the constructors put together a B or C spec car that is absolutely stupid fast and just like, hey, these are all the designs that we want to like try yeah, out like but that. can't. Sure. And we're gonna go we're gonna go freaking nuts and we're gonna give the and it's only raced by the reserve drivers. So we can get some Mick Schumacher action. Because yeah. Mick Schumacher crashing a Mercedes or if he doesn't crash a Mercedes could be amazing to see. Sure. Danny Rick getting Danny Rick yeah. stuff. Yeah. That would be very dangerous dangerous for Sergio Perez. It would be. But it would give fans what they want to see, which is a poster boy, a smiley post- poster boy, be able to get in some limelight. Does have a nice smile. Exactly. You would get, um, what's it, Aston Martin's uh, reserve driver who was putting in really good quality, uh, who was going to fill in for Lance uh, Stroll for a bit of time um, during his injury, would have a chance. You'd get more things. You would, you would be able to have Os- characters like Oscar Piastri from last season uh, as reserve drivers. You get to see that talent, and it would get a chance for... Uh, people who are wanting to be reserve drivers chances to practice more than just simulation testing yeah I, I think there's a lot that they could do with the sprints to improve it um i think the step they took most recently is not personally in the i don't think it's in the right direction um i i think i side with you mariage that it just it's too convoluted it's too contrived and and really, if it comes down to the end of the year and, and somebody other than Max Verstappen wins the world championship and it's because of sprint points, like, how's he going to take that? Like, what are people going to think? Are the, you the real champion? See, that's what I like about it, though. Yeah. Because Sergio Perez is one sprint win, win away. Even if Max gets second, he is one sprint win away from taking it the championship, from going the championship. Yeah, I agree. So I think I it, know. Add, it adds a certain level of, like, what could happen? It really matters about, and it's, I think it's that's not why they're a, doing it. Yeah, it's not just about get the fastest. Not, well, it is still get the fastest car and everything, but it adds a little bit more kind of the the, the unexpectancy at, of the race. But at what cost? But, I, I don't mean, get that. If, if, I don't know if either of you remember, but back in the day when Bernie was still running F one, he wanted to have uh, sprinklers on every track that might randomly come on to make the track wet. <laughs> make the racing more interesting. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's Bernie being dumb. You know? But to <laughs> me, this is it's, it's not the same, but it's similar. I think they're adding this. It's 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 an answer to a question that nobody's asking. Oh they're they're adding this to the sport, and it's just too contrived. I love that idea. I know you Can would. we bring I... Bernie back? No. I, you don't need that for me. I absolutely love that. Just surprise, wet, wet road. Yeah. You know? Um. Sorry, that just that got me. That was. That, you, you looked like you uh, really enjoyed that one. That's a well, really just the the creativity one, that you need <laughs> to just be like, yeah, let's you know why why not just throw some nails on the road while you're at it? Well, yeah, and it's almost like <laughs> does everyone have an occasional banana peel? Mario Kart, or it yeah. is becoming a James Bond movie. Yeah, right? who's got a blue yeah. shell? Yeah. Well, yeah, there everyone, was there was a yogurt everyone. bottle. That yeah, there just, was. Like, there was also <laughs> most people avoided it, and then I think it was Piastri who just like sent it flying. Lewis Lewis, yeah. Lewis yeah, Lewis. Yeah. It was, uh, and there was also her cat. In qualifying, on oh, yeah, wow. like Charles Leclerc, you actually hear they actually said. Uh, I think it was when I was watching it, like Charles Leclerc kind of like weaved a little bit. But that's what happened. Then you hear on the video, like there was a cat on the field, guys. Oh, wow. It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> like oh okay, Which, <laughs> like, you know, like, that's a cat. <laughs> it's, it's all over the place. <laughs> now so I, funny. I love that sprinkler idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to like serious, you know. I I don't know if I can take the sprint seriously, but if I was to try, um, yeah, it's it's just adding too much, I, and I it's it's 
it's counterproductive to what it's claiming to want to do, right? It's claiming that it wants to give a chance for the cars to be pushed, but you're doing it before a race that's going to be more important, right? Yeah, but I think if you were doing it after the race where you have nothing to lose, then the drivers could push the car and really push the limit. So, but I don't think you, I, I don't think that would actually solve anything though. I think that there's, I, I think, think that, it would solve... I think that, that kind of at that point, just put the reserve drivers in again and you'll have, and you, uh, sure. You, but even yeah, if you do the but... reserve drivers, what I'm saying is about the mechanics of the car, right? You cannot wreck the car. If you wreck the car too much and you run out of parts, spare noses and whatnot to put into it, then you're not racing on Sunday. So you, you still have to be, then make a better and I'm not, car. well, yeah, but when it, have money I, to make a better car. I oh, get yeah, that. But what know, I'm saying is, like, like, well, you're doing that anyways, Taryn. But what I'm saying is the mentality of the driver behind the wheel is still, I have to drive this tomorrow. I cannot push this. So if there's a risk to take, they're not going to take it. Even Verstappen was like, oh, why was like, why was anyone taking a risk? It's just a sprint. Well, Verstappen's a big baby. He well, he is, but he's he just, still got he's a just... point. He still has a point. Why take the risk for an extra couple points on a sprint when you could be risking the race? Yeah, but right? I, think, I, think, I so, think, but I think that is that's a misunderstanding. First... But that's a Verstappen is in the greatest car, the best car, and is the best driver. He does not have to worry about championship points for a team that's like, okay, let's put it. Let's put um, let's put Ferrari Mercedes into it, right? Look, yeah, let's, let's okay. Put Ferrari, let's put Ferrari, Ferrari, Mer- Ferrari Mercedes, Mercedes and Aston it. Martin. Aston Martin eighty-seven points. Constructors Mercedes seventy-six. Ferrari sixty-two. Uh, driver-wise, uh, Para, uh, Alonso sixty. Lewis Hamilton forty-eight. Thir- Carlos Sainz thirty-four. Leclerc twenty-eight. Now George Russell twenty-eight. Lance Stroll twenty-seven. Lando Norris eighteen. Uh, ten. Hulkenberg six. Piastri four. Bottas for you know the a bunch of fours that those points matter in those leagues to those racers compared to Red Bull 180 over 87 so I don't care if Max Verstappen is like eh, I don't not, need this because he doesn't it's not need, about it being Verstappen this. what uh, I'm saying but is I'm saying it but I'm Taryn okay. it's not about it being Verstappen so put your grudge on the side for a sec fair enough all right I get it. You don't like the guy. He looks like a wax statue. Moving no, on from Perez that. Perez is the wax statue. Whatever. Moving on from I that, stand by that. It's not about the personality of the driver. It's the mentality they're going in with. You have to assume that most of the drivers are thinking the same way because they're clever. And they're thinking, tomorrow I could have more points. And no matter what, I cannot not race tomorrow. So the mentality of pushing the car to its limit, which is the premise on which the sprint stands, has no legs because people aren't going in with the mentality that they can push to the limit. So having it before the race makes no sense. If they had the sprint after the race where they could push it to the limit, then fine, you could use that excuse. Taking that excuse away, we're looking at points. So let's excuse the sprint because it's got extra points that people can win. Well, do the math on how many points you get per GP for all the GPs in the season for six sprints. The only point difference it's really going to make is for the middle field. I mean, 2021 would have made a difference. It made a difference. It it did. It, it, It allowed Lewis to get back into the championship. So I think that like the point, keeping the points makes it relevant. I agree that like there needs to be some way to make it so to push. If it's in, I think that if it's after the race, then you might as well just say, okay, the bottom ten teams are the only teams doing it. 
so for that to matter because i think that if i think that like the point of it being and it's it's not a grudge against max in that it's just the idea of like he's not in a place where points are going to matter to him that saying like ah there's no incentive for me to do it yeah there is an incentive for you as the world champion to do it but there's incentive for the other drivers who that does very much matter like eight points is okay it's not quite what's the incentive if you're risking the gp um you're but you're you're also risking not a gp the incentive is to gain more so that you can do this points and where you place in the constructors cup at the end is sponsorship money i get that but what i'm saying is if you're in the car and you know you have to race tomorrow are you going to go as fast as you can take risks I think if I'm a competitor, if it's about getting about getting the most points to win, to be able to win for my team and win to put me in a championship, yeah, I'm going as fast as I can, and I don't care who I'm pushing off that edge to win. I don't think winning most people is, have that winning mentality. Winning is winning. Yeah, winning is winning. I, I, to get that championship, I will win, I will do what I can to win. That's me. Will you risk a larger championship? Right. The, the cost-benefit analysis there, I think, is exactly it. I think all racers are racers. You know, the famous quote, if you, if you see an opening and you don't go for it, you're no longer a racer. But in the sprints, I think, yeah, there's too much on the line because if you were to have a, uh, a a crash that caused repairs that could not be fixed in time for the Grand Prix, well, then you've cost yourself, if you're max, 25 points to get those eight. That's the point you're making. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think, and also to the, the question or to the point about the constructors, and I, I was trying to look this up and I couldn't find it. I assume yes, but... Are constructors points awarded for the sprint races? I'm not 100 percent sure. That's what that's what I <laughs> I, I, don't I don't know. I don't think they are. I think that's part of the new format of like the, the apparently they might not be. But that's what I'm saying is that I think that that's where they should be a, a, awarded right. rather than the driver standings. Then if they do it with all just if they do it like all reserve drivers, let's go, let's go wacky with it, let's make it its own separate entity. Really then pushing should, that reserve driver, eh? Well, it's the because it's the only it's, thing. It's, it's the a, only it'd be thing great that, to see them on the track. Yeah, yeah. it's the it only. It's the only option that makes sense to keep it, and to make sense to keep it the way they are wanting to keep it now. I'll do a compromise with you. Want reserve drivers and Mini Coopers? No, with the sprinklers no, no. on the track, no, no. so that they no. can potentially cross <laughs> the Mini Coopers and the sprinklers. That's like you know a fantasy dream of mine now. But um, <laughs> just fantasy F one. <laughs> stepping aside from that, let's do reserve drivers, but the sprint is done. After the race, I would do that. I still think the sprint after the race kind of defeats the purpose of the spectacle and the actual event, which is what they're doing. And I think that it, but I think that in general, if I agree that if there is something that is on the line and that can help some way in that, in terms of a championship, then yeah, put them in, put them if in there. I just think you're going to get, you're, you're going to run into the same problem that I mentioned off air with you before, which is like at some point the people are going to, some fans are be like, well, so I, no we're one, good. No one's going to watch again. it if it's at the end, and yeah. then I think that that and that's not a that's not a criticism of your suggestion. I think that's a criticism of the sprint. The only people, the only reason I think people watch it is because it's on Saturday. It's before the Grand Prix. It's a lead up to the mm-hmm. Grand Prix. F one Formula One is about Grand Prix racing, in my opinion. The sprint is just, it's not it. And uh, put it on non race weekends. You, you did mention. Uh, I think that I think that defeats the purpose of non race weekends. Well, then you have the more time. logistics, and yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just the just fact a, that we have to talk this long about how to make it good. I think is proof positive that it's not good. Yeah, and they there should you just go. Do away with it. Like I think they I should agree do with that. They should do qualifying and then make the bottom ten teams do the sprint. Yeah, or you know, just the do ones the, that can't afford do the sport to be the same car. way it's been done for like generations <laughs> now. Mm, fair and enough. Just 
have a qualifying in a race. Fair enough. Well, then moving on, I did before we do we, we go to radicals and things. I did want to ask uh, a potential question here, which is, is this the year we get Sergio Perez as world champion? With all the street circuits we get, with all the sprint races that he could win, with <laughs> yeah. the where they would matter, they would actually one hundred percent matter in this case because it's this two championship cars going six, at eight and seven. That one point difference six times. That's but mm, again, is you know, Sergio is Sergio Perez going to risk twenty five points on Sunday for seven on Saturday? I mean, I think that if it comes to a world championship and it gets, and if it get, if it gets to that point yeah. where it's neck and neck and it's world champion, that sprint in at Interlagos yeah, could that be could, hella crazy. It could lead to two. some very interesting permutations. Yeah. You're right. But I'll answer to answer your, your question, question but, <laughs> but, oh. but that's but that's, but that's the thing. Red Bull and Max, Red Bull, Max, and Perez. Just Red Bull in general. Is this? Can we? Can we? Maybe? Maybe we get. You know, there's always the question of like, oh, there's the history of F F one where it's like two world championships and then yeah. like a new world champion. Maybe the new world champion do, is. Do you want to answer it on three? One, two, three. One word answer. Okay. All right. One. In, in, in response to your question, is this year we see Sergio Perez as world champion? One, two, two three. three. No. no. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you uh, want the reasoning? Yeah, I love the reasoning actually. Because I really want a lot. <laughs> no, so when I, okay, what I ask want that to, question, we'll wait, answer one, two, three. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Here's what I want to happen, and it will never happen, but it's right up there with fantasy dreams of Mini Coopers and Sprinklers. All right. Is that Alonzo keeps hitting third. We talked about this that. weekend exception. Keeps hitting third. And first and second keeps getting kind of musical chaired around. And just for consistency and points, he wins. That is what I want. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to yeah. see that too. Yeah, I think everyone wants to see that. So with that, Perez can't win. Yeah, well, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to remind it, just re- rephrase it to say, could we see could a Perez World Championship? Well, could I mean, like, see anything? I mean, fair yeah, enough. I was but say. He's, got, <laughs> he's got the car for it. Okay, like, so yeah, he's I, got, I think he's, I, think this, I see this, what you're getting. At. This he's is got the year to do it. He is a race winner. He's a five-time, a five-time race winner, six-time race winner. He's got the car for it, but we don't know what upgrades are coming. But he we had don't the car know how bad year. they're going to be. He had the car last year. I mean, he. I just don't think, and I. It's not to. To I'm definitely not a hater. I, I quite like his style, but I just don't think he has it in him. I mm. he just doesn't have that certain one percent killer instinct. He's still at the end of the day a bit too nice of a guy. And I, I think if you look back through the, all the F1 World Champions. Very, very few of them anybody would classify as a nice guy, especially on the track. Mm -hmm. You need that. I think I really think you need that killer instinct. You need to just and and if you look at Schumacher, even Hamilton, but maybe to a lesser degree, um, they had that killer instinct. And they just, you know, I'm going to win the championship, no doubt about it. And I'm sure Perez says that, but he just he talks the talk, but he doesn't always walk the walk. Mm. Fair enough. I think that things could also change when he's in when i think that he hasn't really been in the same position as he has been this year that's been so close for him to potentially get a championship mm-hmm. yeah and i think that if things progress the way they are that he is still doing it and and ca- and you know kind of causing a re- throwing a wrench in verstappen's plan i think a that gives us the red bull fight that we've been honestly i think itching for for the last two races sure not really um i oh, <laughs> that's you uh, a lot of people, I, I have been itching for a Red Bull fight between the two, cause just to make the battle for one and two a little bit more exciting. 
uh, to you, this is the year. This really is. I think it'd be if he wins it, you know that he's not going to get his contract renewed for twenty four, mm-hmm. and they're going to p- give him a payout and have him leave. Mm. I mean, that's what I guess. If but, he you know, wins it, if, if they're he not going to renew. I don't think he will. I think they'll. Well, get, I think I think Yo, I think Yost and Helmut Marco will get so pissy and well, Max will be it, so they'll just send him away. Presumably, they'd have to <laughs> renew before the season ends, and I don't think he's going to wrap it up before I the season he ends. Is, but I think he is contracted through to twenty four. Uh, okay, I'm, think, I'm not I sure. Think, yeah, I think that was. I know the, this is a negotiation year, but I just made no. It I don't. I don't. I think last year was the negotiation oh, year. Okay, and that I'm was gonna look like, it up. That's yeah, and that's what they're like, I'll look it up. Okay, you go. So I think that we. I think that it's if there's a year for him to do it, it's this year. This is one of his best chances. Chances. Uh, maybe it's just the car era itself. As long as he stays at Red Bull, but he's been, you know, he's been doing well. He's been the wax statue has been coming alive. You know, and uh, I think that we. This could be a, a potential Perez out of the blue somehow does it um, wins the championship. I think it'd be great for the league too to a point. I th- and it would like it would suck yeah, for Max, I mean, but which would like honestly would 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 suck with how well he, he Max Verstappen is right now. How how much of an ace he is? I just think it'd be crazy if we see Perez come out of the blue and take it. Maybe. And and you are right. He is contracted until the end of the twenty twenty four season. Yeah, oh I wouldn't. I wouldn't say out of the blue though, Fair because enough. like we can see it from the points right now. I mean, it's going to be a Red Bull Red Bull fight, um, unless my dream comes true. But <laughs> yeah, we never know with upgrades. Emila's coming right? up at the near the end of the month, and that's when everyone except for really Red Bull can bring massive upgrades. Yeah. So. And it's it's not just that. It's also, like, even if Red Bull was to have an upgrade, would it be in their benefit? True. Right? Like we well, saw if they with... do have an upgrade, which driver do you think it will benefit most? Well, here, here's another thing, though. <laughs> that too. Throughout this entire weekend, Max was complaining about not able to connect with and get a whole grip of yeah, his the rear end. His car looked it looked terrible. Yeah, yeah his, his rear really end bad. was slipping yeah, he, all over. Exactly. And we know from the beginning of this, Walter, oh, you that. and I talked about this. Actually, I think all three of us talked about this. And that, that Max likes a front end that goes forward, and you don't don't have a stop. This is a direct quote from Helen Marco. Sergio Perez likes more in the rear. Sergio Perez got hell of a rear, rear end, like a quote from Lewis Hamilton in Which? 2021. So much in the rear end. And there's been so many amazing uh, dumpy memes from, uh, from, from, but I digress. Yeah, the point yeah, is, is that they clearly tuned something with the car that gave more into the rear end at Baku. And Sergio Perez was not having the same problems that Max Verstappen was. And Verstappen constantly complained about rear end stuff. So mm. I don't, that I don't. That's a, footage. He was you know, a lot of oversteer in that car yeah. for Max. For Max, I don't know if it's that or if it's just that the track, because again of the sharp turns, suited Perez's style a lot better. Because if you look at him, well, just historically, he always drives well on that track. Yeah, right? true. And if if you look at the corners that he's taking, it was breathtaking. Not once did he clip the the wall. But more than once was he uh, a haraway. He did hit the wall. He hit the wall in turn 15. He did. Sorry. Didn't tell his team about it. And they asked him, like, uh, what happened to turn 15? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of clipped yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that, that, one, that one aside, right, almost every single one of his turn, he was on point. That's and what I'm, I'm saying. I'm talking like on. a hair. But is that the car or is that Paris? Right, because I, Perez just does well because he's used to that driving style. He does well with those kind of turns, and he's historically always done well at Baku because of the amount of sharp turns. 
then you're answering that then you're answering it that's very much a Paris absolutely thing, it's right? called a rhetorical question I don't like you he's you know <laughs> Actually, the thing I've always said about about Paris he has a very smooth style he's always been known for being easy on his tires he can go longer on tires normally than anyone else yeah but interestingly I think in Baku this year that wasn't such um, a benefit or a strength because the tires were lasting arguably maybe too long. Yeah. Um, the hards, at least, and to some extent, the mediums. So the degradation was less. That's what I was looking for Yeah. Uh, this year at Baku. So I don't know what it was in the car, if it was Max overdriving it, if it was the wind, or who knows. But it was remarkable to could me be. how much oversteer you could see in the car on uh, on the I mean, television. I'm looking, yeah. up, I'm, looking, I'm looking it up right here about like kind of the last week's stuff. They do talk about uh, changing suspension to give more rear support mm. and with the Red Bull car, which is mm. exactly what Perez well, that's, wants. Yeah. That's, that's super interesting now if yeah. you're starting to tune it to so Perez's preferences. One could say that if, you know, one could say that Maybe if they uh, Perez... It'd be, it'd be too boring if uh, Verstappen took it too yeah. easily. Well, if Perez is able to kind of sneak some sneak sneak out the championship, you could definitely say that he is the smooth criminal of... Uh, don't, the don't. smooth operator. He, that's a smooth criminal. <laughs> Wax <laughs> statue <laughs> and smooth criminal. Smooth there's operator, a, I think they used to. Smooth operator. Yeah, too, there's it? it's a song by Charday. There's a theme here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Gabe is uh, giving me. A and on that, that bombshell. That yeah. Bombshell, yeah. <laughs> on that bombshell. Well, I do want to uh, kind of say something which I think do needs you? to be said. Yeah, it needs to be said because okay. I have been absolutely ecstatic. For this episode, because one, I get to see Walt. Walter has been a month. Likewise, way I'm, too a, month. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. there's Thank a buildup here. There is a buildup, and two, this this I I wrote when I came up with this show idea, and when I talked to you about it, I wrote in my diary that this is the episode to to watch. Well, this is going to be my first stuff because this is the first back to back race weekend episode that we have. Oh yeah, we have Miami coming up. We got Miami. Yes. Yeah, got Miami, which is the point of the song because Walter, you sent me that the song we used for our intro today, and this is what we're going to use for all through Miami. Miami. I would like, Walter, you and I have talked a few times about Miami not being the best quote unquote race. It's more about the weekend and yeah. the extravagance and that. But with what we have with this uh, now, what are your thoughts? Because we're probably going to talk about, qual- uh, we're probably going to have a chat on Saturday for quality. But going into the Miami race week, race week, the drama from this race, so all this stuff yeah. is built up. What, what what are you guys thinking? Are you guys excited for this Miami a, a little bit? Of course I'm excited. I'm excited for any race. Um, Miami, it's only the second one. I mean, the first one, the inaugural race, was last year. I've heard that they've made a lot of changes. They've resurfaced the track, I think. And not yeah. only that, it was submerged underwater for some period of time. They had some flooding in Florida yeah. and the track itself. So it's been resurfaced. And then I think I heard four days it was submerged underwater. Huh. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to better racing uh, uh, this year. Not to say it was bad last year. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And so I'm hoping there'll be better racing this year now mm-hmm. that the teams have some data. But it's interesting that that sort of goes both ways because they have data about the track. But if it's being resurfaced, then their data may not be you know as applicable as they might hope. Yeah. So normally when you have a, a new track, you know, there's a lot of learning, of course. And then in the second year, you would expect them to do better on that track. But now, because it's been resurfaced, nevertheless, I'm looking for uh, better racing. And I'm sure there'll be no less spectacle than there was last year. The resurfacing well, I'm looking up is actually to put in uh, better kind of this, the similar 
more similar types of not con- but not concrete or tarmac was actually used for racetracks compared to where it was still very much asphalt for mm. a street surface from last year. So yeah. it looks like they're trying to actually put resurface it to make it better for the cars. Let's hope. And then they also changed the turn uh, 13 four and 14 chicane, which caught, they say too technical, which I'm upset about because that's that's the chicane that I actually liked. That was that was the like ooh je ne sais quoi mm. about the 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 race because like, you never knew when if they were going to take that wrong. That was very much kind of a a Baku esque, uh, which is why I think Baku right now going into Miami with that chicane was pretty fun because that was the same kind of thing as the turn eight ch- chicane in, in Baku, which is the am I stupid corner? Mm. Did I take this wrong, or do, is it just this corner just suck? And I think that brought the um, well. You never know what's going to happen here. But they've uh, taken that to, out they've, of Miami. They've now. turned that into kind of a straight. Mm. Um, I I personally don't. I think you and I have talked about it a couple times. I think I mentioned to you two a, f- a few times, Marianne. I'm not a big fan of the American tracks. They're a little too straight and left turny. There's like Vegas only has two right turns, uh, but in Miami is look, look looking kind of the same. That NASCAR heritage. Yeah, and like that's just American racing. But who knows? I st- I think there'll be. I think it'll be an interesting um, version of this race because it's staying for a while, right? Um, that we know of, at least. So you know, I think I think it's going to be some another. I think it's going to be another growth Grand Prix, but still going to be a fun one. Yeah, I, absolutely. I don't I don't know about the races themselves, but I feel especially after this weekend. The fact that it's Miami and it's pretty much a festival and a circus for the whole weekend. Um, hopefully there's enough drama to keep us awake if the racing doesn't. I think that's uh, that's fair to say. Yeah, that's safe yeah. to say, rather. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's what I'm kind of feeling, too. But anyways, Miami. Miami. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm All sorry. Right, I just bumped you out. out. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Pump, pump it up with that tune. So yeah. I got. I gotta get. I gotta hit the road. Yeah. You do. Yeah. I was about to say. You know, Walter. This. It's great to have you back. You unfortunately had to take your break from us, which is for time. We'll take a little quick little break here uh, on Civil 101.7 FM, broadcasting to the Fraser Valley and from Abbotsford, the UFE campus in Abbotsford, on the unceded and traditional territory of the Stalo people. So. Walter, I'll bid you adieu. We'll see you next time, everybody. See you next time. Yes. And hopefully uh, talk to you soon, guys. Classic Stone, Marianne, uh, just you and I for the last little bit of the show here. But Classic Stone, I used to that, and actually you missed it. We, before uh, Dragula, I played Ready, Set, Go by Paul Oaken, uh, mm. that, which is the song from... The Born Identity Mini Cooper car chase scene. Yes. That I, we we so beautifully talked about because we want Mini Coopers as the F1 qualifier cars. Absolutely. Could you imagine a mini, mini Cooper with the F1 engine in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, have you have you seen the 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 Core Civic, the oh, yeah. C- Civet or whatever the Corvette Civic that um. It was a father-son project. They did a whole blog about it, um, about putting a Corvette engine in the Civic. And, I mean, the thing is just, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Looks ridiculous. And, um, and yeah, I, I, remember, I remember that was the epitome of what I thought project cars could be when I was a teenager. 
It would be wild. Right? It would be it would be wild. Unfortunately, growing up, I didn't have a Corvette or a Civic. But, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. had I. You would have done that. Well, um, I did an engine swap when I was 13, and I put a neon engine um, into a Sprint. So replacing a three inline cylinder with a four inline cylinder, making it not that much greater. Yeah, but still just like a little bit better. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but eh. But it's not a Corvette and a Civic. No, that that's just that's, <laughs> that's something just else. Next level. That is something else entirely. It's five levels above next level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Marianne, I need to tell you something very, very sad. Do you? Yeah. I don't believe you. I think I am going to lose the rookie pool. Oh, that is sad for you. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. Yeah. I think you're probably going to win it because I it's don't Piastri. think so. You put you you chose Piastri DeVries Sargent, right? Um no, I think I think DeVries is still last. It's Piastri Sargent DeVries. I don't know. You have the notes. Which is the exact I don't have it in front of me right now. I okay, have the... Yeah, I think I think DeVries is last. Yeah. On mine. It's Piastri Sargent DeVries. Yeah, which, which I, is I which is still think... the correct order. Well that that's still like the actual order of what's happening right now yeah because i i didn't i didn't think that um devries's car was going to make it yeah yeah i remember that <laughs> it wasn't against like devries himself i just have no faith in alpha mm-hmm. see that that's what makes it so that's what that's what i think makes the rookie battle this year kind of interesting is that it really is the constructors that will make or break it in my opinion because i think that all together like all obviously if you put them all to, uh, like with the same car, Piastri's probably going to win it. Mm, no. Then probably DeVries. DeVries is no. a Formula E champion. Pia- Piastri's F2 and like an F3 champion. And Sargent was just like, is just a really good driver. So No, it'd be Sargent, Piastri, DeVries. In and the same car? And like, like if, if, they're they all, gave, if they if gave. If they're if, all in the exact same car, it'd be Sargent, Piastri, DeVries. What makes you say that? A Sargent is a perfectionist. Mm, okay. Right. So he's 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 got that killer instinct that we were talking about for like top drivers. He's got that, mm-hmm. and I think if you put him between the three, he's got that more than the three. Not saying they don't want to win. All the win, all the drivers want to win. They're just nicer guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Sergeant Sergeant definitely wins with that one, and then Piastri over DeVries because if you look at how the season's been going so far, Piastri has made a lot less mistakes. Yeah, and DeVries has made the most. Do you think that that's just because DeVries, you know, spent so much time with Mercedes and really Williams for like almost for like a year or two, kind of being coached by that, being a part of that, not so much that team, but he he was the reserve driver last season. I don't know if he was the reserve driver for 2021, but I know that he, I think he was, I think in 2021 he was winning the Formula E championship. But uh, or the twenty twenty one, but he he spent some time in some very high caliber esque teams. Obviously, I'm not saying that f- I'm not really saying that AlphaTauri isn't super high caliber, but you know they're they're middle they're mid bottom for a reason. Yeah, and the um, car is just this year is just not a year for them. I get your question. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer with a pre uh, a preface, uh, a context, a preamble, um, a disclaimer. Mm. Right. We love the yours. Right. Some one of these words, pick whichever one actually fits for what I'm describing here. But um, 
I don't know any of these uh, three gentlemen personally or even socially through social media or anything. I don't. We would love to. I yeah. DM'd Logan Sargent. No, no, but I mean, I don't even follow Take their social the medias. <laughs> I, I love that. But what I mean is I don't even follow the social medias or anything like outside of the races. Um, I don't really know much about them. So mm-hmm. I want to preface this because my and also the fact that I am not a psychology student. So like when I go into the mentality of a driver and everything, it is me talking out of my buttocks. Yeah, but see, that's the Anyways, thing, Marianne. I wouldn't so, want you to be a psychology student to tell me this because then no, I would be psychoanalyzing every single thing. And I would, exactly. Like, I just so, want the dirt. So the dirt, the dirt, I think, is I think DeVries is a gambler. Ooh. I think he's Hot a gambler. Take. Okay. I think Gamblers that, in... uh, as in he, like we were talking about the the sprint her, earlier, and I was saying that um, it's not worth it, and that it affects the mentality of the drivers because they're not going to push it because they're thinking about tomorrow. I think DeVries is comfortable gambling and taking bigger risks than the other two, and mm. I think that that's what causes a lot of accidents with him is that he doesn't have the restraint and the foresight to restrain on a turn and then push it harder on the next. He's pedal to the metal the entire time. Uh, obviously, he uses brakes and everything, but m- mentally, don't, don't speaking, that, mentally speaking, <laughs> he's pedal to the metal, yeah. right? Mentally speaking, he, he seems to be taking bigger risks, um... And unfortunately, they just don't work out for him. Mm-hmm. He's like the bad gambler. He's like he's like your uncle, not your uncle. I don't know your uncle. No, but like, my uncle is a pretty know, bad gambler too. You sometimes. know the stereotypical yeah. like gambling uncle. Yeah, like that. Don't, don't worry, I'll make it big on the next one. Yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like I know I trashed your car, but next race, next race, I got him, guys. I I Trust swear, me. I Trust swear. Me. You that see turn? that turn? I'm, I'm. Yeah, that... I know I didn't do it last time, but I can, I can do this. I can do this. Trust me, guys. Well, like... I will get turn six next time. Uh, Nick, there's not Little the same. Little shoulder scratch. Not the next same... scratch. Yeah, <laughs> Nick. The... Sorry, Nick. The... It's not the same turn six. That's not the point, though. I'll that's get a, turn that's six. That's not the point. <laughs> I'll, I'll get, get it turn this six. time. Yeah, you know? I'm. I'm actually really excited. I'm surprised we didn't even talk about this with Walter here because Walter is a Williams stan. Um, I like i'm very interested in seeing if logan knowing knowing that you mentioned you actually mentioned the fact that he's a profession perfectionist like that's a really good point again uh, and one that i didn't really talk about too much and we we're only getting that based off of when we watch him in interviews and how he talks yeah like like i said a disclaimer preface context whatever you want that i just said about um devries apply that to all the drivers yeah we have not you know yet interviewed them one-on-one and got to it's not to even that point not even that, that. what i'm saying really is think- I don't even follow their social media, so I don't see their mentality out of the race. I just see what is shown to me on race day. Fair enough. Okay. Right? So I'm not as invested because I know that you go on Twitter and you follow a lot of, um, you know, like what's the happening. And, and like what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't. So I'm really talking yeah. out of my but, box. But I think that you, your, your, your comment on like what you see with Sergeant and, you know, you, you and I have spent a lot of time watching like the post-race and, and post-qualifying interviews yeah. too. You, yeah, I think that. Well, that's where it shows. Yeah, I think that's where your your that's your analysis is actually very spot on with them. So knowing that, I'm excited for, but also nervous about uh, maybe him putting too much pressure on himself for Miami because this is his back. This is his backyard. I think he grew up pretty close. I want to see where he's from. Um, 
in it, but he Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So he's like right by there. He, you know, this is this is his home. This is his home race. Yeah. So is he going to put himself with a little bit more pressure on him on his shoulders, knowing that he carries so much pressure into it, and the fact that James Voles and it feels like it feels like the Williams team itself are all kind of feeling the same. We're really not performing where we know we should be. I don't think it's going to add pressure because when we're talking about perfectionism, I don't think you can add any more than the person's already added. I don't I don't think it's going to play that much into his mental state. Um it might it might affect the team's overall mental state, but again, I mean, if we're looking at um Piastri in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. And and how that was that was kind of his his home grounds and that was it. He was from Melbourne. He's from Melbourne. Exactly, right. And it's it didn't really add that much pressure to him. If anything, I think it incentivized him a bit more. Well, I think he might relax. Like I don't know. I've I've never raced um at that level, nor do I imagine you have. But like I imagine when you're competing on home grounds, you're more relaxed. It's your home ground. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a slap right. in the face, not gonna lie to me. How's that a slap in the <laughs> I'm, face? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, it's not. Do you, do you want to take your Mazda for a go, really? <laughs> zoom, I, zoom. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to do it. I would lose. I'd be so happy about it, but I'd be on a racetrack. I don't have a car that. right now, no. but. <laughs> well, I can borrow Buddy's Mini Cooper. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, we should use our friend Tom's Mini Cooper that's just in your driveway and just blow out his transmission. Oh, like, he oh. would love that. He would. Um, we would write off for him. Yeah. So. But, but uh but I mean I think you're actually I, I think, correct on that. I think though. if anything um I don't think you can put more pressure on Sergeant than he's putting on himself and I think if anything it might relax him to be at home for a sec. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I think yeah. If you put if you put Sergeant Piastri DeVries all in one car in the same car not Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not the literally Mini Cooper the style with the sprinklers. Yeah. Sergeant yeah. wins. Oh yeah. Um just look at the interviews, right? The interviews. I really, I really want that race. I really want that. Race I want a racing too. league that is just that, its own I, separate thing. Mini Coopers with F1 engines and sprinklers I, that pop on. I, I'm gonna have a little sad, nostalgic moment, but I feel like if Top Gear was what it used to be, they yeah. they would definitely do that. Just be well, like, oh I mean, yeah, we'll have 20 Stigs in a Mini Coopers. Yeah, I mean there is uh, the Grand Tour on. Um, prime maybe maybe we should email clarkson and see if we can it's, get it's him not to do it. it's not the same if it's not the original the, three no the grand tour is the original three it's is clarkson it? may and and um hammond oh yeah, but yeah, the, yeah they're only really doing kind of the you know the specials like the we're going yeah. to take a trip across africa specials yeah that's, yeah that's mainly what it is it's a lot of fun it's it's re- it's good classic top gear humor that you and i grew up with but yeah it's not the same format of the show where they would do things like that and it's very much a yeah, thing. if they can make a Mini Cooper ski jump down down a hill, they can make them. I mean, race yeah, on they, they can. With all and like I said, all they need is just another nineteen Stigs, right? Because yeah, Stigs exactly. always one of the drivers. Yeah. So you just need the other nineteen in there. Is he always one of the drivers? He's always a he's, he's always, always a current Formula One driver. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know if he was always if it was always Formula One. I could be wrong, but I think was... Hamilton was Stig at one point. I know Schumacher was Stig for like a day. I yeah. mean, there might just be. I mean, Ham. I mean, I don't know. 
I think you should look this up. We should. I haven't watched Top Gear in years. I want to see it's this. Got to be at least I, a decade. If but Lewis Hamilton was is my test driver, was also my test driver hero, I'll freak out. Well, for one season, each season Stig is a different Stig. Yeah. Right. From what I rem, oh god, it's been a while. From what I remember, each season, you, yep, is a different Stig. That Stig is always a current Formula One driver. And I believe Hamilton was was it for a season. I know Schumacher was it for a season as well. Um, Alonzo, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, I don't see Alonzo on no. um on this list of stake drivers. It's been a while. Yeah one one person. Uh, I I the first story is that uh, Bernie Collins, uh, in one of his. In one of his books, not yeah, Ben Collins. Sorry, Ben yeah. Collins. In one of his book, he wrote a book that's like called "The Man Behind the White Suit" or something like that, or the White Helmet. And people were getting mad because he was saying that he was the Stig during times where he wasn't the Stig. Apparently, um, that's that's the first like little blurb of weird of of um when I looked Googled Stig people, people who were the Stig. <laughs> stig people. Oh, no, I said, I said yeah. <laughs> You're exactly. a couple letters off from just having a bunch of bad You're, graphics. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's a list of people who've been the Stig. Uh, I can't see a list. I think that's kind of the point of the character, though, is that you never really know. Well, you do. But At the end of the season, they always did a reveal. Yeah. I th- yeah. Think. You 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 are correct, though. Um, it is. It is. Um, yeah. Hamilton was Hamilton was the Stig for a st- season. Yeah. So. Yeah. What was that? 2014, 15. Um, Sixteen. I'm trying to find that. It doesn't actually, actually doesn't give me the year. Doesn't? It does. It's not giving me the year. Hmm. It just says he's he was a sig, the stig. Oh, I there we go. Was, but you're. So, it sounds he's is giving me so other the, people who did it around this around the same time. And you, I think you're right. I think it's in the, like the 2012 to 20 like 13. Yeah, it would it would be time. it would be in the teen years of the 2000s. But um, yeah. So. So it's always been a Formula One driver. It's always been a current Formula One driver. So really, they just need, you know, ooh, actually, that, you know what? That could be the game. The game is 20 Mini Coopers with 20 Stigs. <laughs> you, with, never, you don't know who's who? <laughs> with random, ran, you don't know who's who, with random sprinkler systems. You get to bet or cheer or whatever for whatever color mini cooper is your favorite and then you get the reveal at the end you get the reveal going from last place to to first that would be i think see the thing is i feel like this is just another league into itself oh it's a one-day event it's (laughs) a it's 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 the prom of formula one all right, it's the one time a year. It's the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Yeah, everyone just, gets just dressed Dhabi. up just for the clown yeah. car racing. Then, then that should just be that should be the Vegas race because that's a stupid racetrack, anyways. So we should the parking lot. No, not it's not. It should. I think the parking lot would be even better than the one it is. It's just a big giant square. Oh yeah, no, that one. That one's yeah. weird. Apparently, they're trying I didn't to like that one. I, I read somewhere that they are. I read. I read. That they are trying, they're looking to like build an actual like thing, like redo a bunch of the roads. So it's still a street race, but it turns into more of a racetrack, which is like, come on, just build a new racetrack. You have thousands of leagues of desert around you. How do you feel about street races? 
I, I think rem- we've covered this before, but I don't remember. We like, I don't. I I get why they're there. I think there are some like Monaco, Miami to it to it to a point to a degree. Um, if this one's okay, but uh, Miami, Monaco. That's another really classic one. Baku is a good example. Is another example. Um, Singapore. There are some good ones, but I I prefer tracks. Okay. I would I would actually to the the sprint race in general. That to that discussion, I forgot to mention. I would want the sprint race to only be on tracks. I don't think they should be on street circuits whatsoever. They should be on track cir- circuits. Right. I I prefer tracks. I would like. I can to agree be, with that for the sprints. I, it would I would be less dangerous. Yeah, I would like there to be more. I think there's a lot. There's uh, in one of the non-race weeks. I re- really want to do a deep dive on racetrack stuff, um, and and the cost effectiveness and the costing to sure. tracks because there's because I think street races and why we're seeing so much is that you can pump them full of money. There's not as much. You don't have to build it. You don't have to do just right. special maintenance for it. You just have to maintain it. And I think that tracks. Would be great. I would love to see more why, come back. Why do you prefer tracks to street races? I think that you know they're they're handled a bit better, like in terms of the maintenance of it. There's more technical things to them, like things as in like the layouts, the surfacing. There, there is always kind of a technical gimmick to a track. There's certain ways that the track lays, and the, there there's more thought behind the layout of it. I feel, um, and you don't get like the straights are a bit different. The, yeah. the obviously the you're going to talk you know obviously the surfaces these are, the cars are made for tracks anyways the surfaces the way that, that works with the wheels the all that the, all that regulation for race tracks just kind of make i feel racing better in yeah. my opinion and seeing i i enjoy the racetrack races more than i enjoy the street races so okay, saudi arabia is another one that's a that's a good street circuit because it is designed to be more of a racetrack and i think yeah. that's always been a big point i remember in this year we talked i think th- this year we, we mentioned on the air or we talked about it just in, as we talked about racing in general that a really good comment i heard was if saudi arabia was a track and in europe it would be considered one of the top five best ones yeah and I think that's a fair statement because I think that the the care you would take on a racetrack versus street circuits, you would... I don't know. I mean, you say that, but like Bahrain is notoriously bad. But that's also because Bahrain, like they, every year they, they talk about doing it and, and the organizers are kind of like, no, nah, we're not going to upgrade the... We're not going to resurface yeah. the track. So yeah, I guess there's always the like organizers and, and owners of the track that the negotiation that comes into... But I think that in general, there is a preference in more of a like sense of pride and ownership yeah. of of that track. I know there was a lot of people that really wanted South Africa to get their their race their race back in, and they're still hoping to get it in for the next in the next calendar years. Um, I would love yes. to see Hockenheim. I don't know if Nurburgring will ever come back because it's Nurburgring. But yeah. I would love to see Hockenheim. I would love to see um, even Le Mans come in. Seca is another one that's in the U.S. That's a that's a fun track, but provides a really cool kind of challenge to it yeah. that you just don't really get with street circuits. I feel. So I've got what two pros and a con. Shoot for street tracks. Pro number one. I, having grown up with video games <laughs> and racing, and you know doing the Grand Prix in a video game and feeling like you can visit a city 
Um, especially after a weekend like this one where we saw Baku and Baku is such a historical town where you get to like race beside a castle. Yeah. Um, it's just aesthetically pleasing to me. I just really like that, especially like the older the buildings or the more personality, you know, a city has that shows around the track. I just, you get that with street, street tracks that you don't necessarily do with, um, with regular tracks. So that's pro number one. Pro number two, it instills with me the hope that one day, one day, I can be rich enough to own an apartment building, or not an apartment building, but own an apartment in an apartment building. You want the building. That you is, building. Uh, I'll don't, take, don't talk I'll, yourself down I, so much. I will, I will own take, that building. I will take just a room, Fair you enough. know, if it's one of the buildings that's right on the track. Yeah. Right? And then you get a free show. Yeah. I, you know, it gives me that hope and you will take that away if you make it all just normal tracks. Yeah. Because then there is no balcony I can go and buy and uh, and have a drink and watch the race. Yeah. Like, um, I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to have an entire calendar with no street circuits. Yeah. The con, however, is the shapes. That That's, yeah. I think that there's a certain like soft s that you get in racetracks where you don't get in street tracks because most places don't design their streets like a toddler drawing um you know and i say this because where where we live in abbotsford we live literally have an area called five corners which still boggles my mind as to why would you want five corners for an intersection that makes no sense also abbotsford as a city was designed by a toddler yeah. So well, no, in, I, in I a think, bad way. I think there was an architect that had like, you know, the streets all lined up and everything. And then he <laughs> left the room and the kid came in and started drawing with crayons. And then he came back in a rush and just like cartoon folded it up and just handed it to his manager. By the time they caught it, he was like, oh, yeah, that was intentional. Yeah. Design. I, I like anyways, your way better. Um, <laughs> There's outside of Abbotsford, there's uh, it's very rare to find soft s's and like those kind of turns where there's two turns one after the other and they're not too jarring are the perfect like beautiful overtake Mm -hmm. turns right where like alonzo's really good at verstappen's really good at you know where it's lewis like i think anyone that's just good records of being a good oh uh, yeah no they're they're great on those and you don't get those as much with um with street tracks because science. you know science science would be a really good one yeah that's good and yeah. and and so and i really like that maneuver mm-hmm. right that's one of the i don't know it's it's just one of the little like when they when they go like outside then cut in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the outside the inside the, the, the outside the inside you the know, mind the, like the soft but it has to be soft because when it's too sharp like baku or whatnot that's when it's it's just doesn't flow as nicely mm-hmm. it's not as beautiful to watch yeah that's why i think that suzuka and interlagos are two of my favorite tracks because their s curves and chicanes are soft enough to have that but still sharp enough that you it's a challenge for drivers to go yeah. through and that's where you get some of the exciting races and like the mind games of i'm ba- if i'm behind you and i'm going back and forth and you don't know if i'm going to try and dart into the Absolutely. inside or the out to take it out it's, right? it's there's so much and i think that's what the, the levels of racing you get all on a track i think is just better 
Well, and you get you get the overtake overtake, right? Where it's yeah. like someone passes and then gets repassed right after. Think of and think it's of like, like that's beautiful defense as well. Yeah, think of like early twenty twenty two when Ferrari was really pushing it to Red Bull. That was happening with Charles Leclerc Absolutely. and, and all the time. It's beautiful, and and that part of Formula One watching for me is it's artistry when yeah. it just flows that nicely you know and it's just a zoom 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 yeah i completely agree with you though on kind of the aesthetic of street circuits and i think that's the They're same beautiful. and and it's the same thing for me i remember i used to love racing my older brother in gran turismo too yeah and forza on the street circuits because like the frog one yeah uh, would be, it was so great because you're driving through this you're driving through these tunnels and the idea that you can like drive through this i i love seeing on social media everyone going to monaco i mean now especially these younger these younger generation the newer fans going to monaco and being like holy crap i'm in the iconic tunnel yeah i'm in this spot. and monaco is another one that's just has so much character that city singapore thinking of driving around that big massive uh like yeah t- you know what i mean that that like that like lowercase h or n shaped uh yeah building like well, there's and- so much to those that you can get even Baku with those those flame, um, the flame towers. Yeah. Right. And honestly, Baku is just really mesmerizingly beautiful of a city skyline because yeah. you've got so much clash between, you know, stuff that was built in the 800s and stuff that was built like this century. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just insane. Yeah. Um, I do have one point and I don't know if it's a pro or a con. Ooh. So I will let you decide, but I I both love and don't like this look that you give me of <laughs> being a decider factor of things. Right, but I but... love I love the idea of having power, so I'm I'm for it. All right, so street races because they're on a street, which you know is limited by buildings and stuff and cannot be expanded, and the cars are getting bigger. There's going we don't to know be that, yeah. well. Historically, historically, if you look at the past 10 years, the cars have been getting bigger, Mm -hmm. right? So the cars have been getting bigger. The tracks are staying the same for street tracks. Is that a pro or a con? Is that causing more accidents? Will that, you know, motivate people to either do less street tracks or start bringing down the sizes of the car? See, I uh, I think that having the cars getting bigger is just a con in general. Because I think that it's affecting it. It's already affecting uh, normal tracks. You saw in Bahrain, we've only really had one official like proper racetrack so far, yeah. which is Bahrain. But they have the same problems. Where certain corners that you could overtake in 2019 through to 2021, and even from behind there, that were good overtaking corners, like like turn 10 into into nine or in 11. Um, well, nine, nine, 10, 11 have always been good ones, but specifically mm-hmm. 11 and 12, we used to be way better at overtaking. Uh, and the hairpins because of the size of the cars and you're starting to see that it is too big for them to do that look at monaco monaco is probably not going to be that exciting i love monaco but the reason why monaco is not that exciting is because the cars are too too big to make yeah. to make stuff so i think that and, and it sounds like the the call is for 2026 that they want them to go back down i think that having them around the 2019 size was it, that's a fair size of car? No, I would. Even, I, 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 I was just about to say, yeah. I think that you can still go smaller. And Ferrari did that. Uh, they proved they showed a, a concept in going into twenty twenty two of a really like 
just slightly smaller than 2019 sized car that had everything that that okay. had a, yeah they did it was actually a really really cool huh. concept here i will see after a certain size you're just going to turn it into a plane anyways yeah and and mercedes had a really cool concept too like it was here i'll show you wait Which? like it's uh this one right here so oh it's, it's yeah kind of crazy, i remember this kind of crazy but specifically this one there on on the left yeah i don't know for radio and viewership people aren't we're like what the hell are you talking about and maybe we'll post about it later but so like this well just google f1 concept yeah just go um, ferrari, ferrari f1. f1 concept is exactly what we googled and we're looking at the first few images there yeah um no that so looks that's, really cool that's really cool and then i'll show you you the, know what that also looks less somehow less like a formula one car and more like a supercar yeah, and this is the which I really like. This was the Mercedes one, and they the first uh, thing they, the first thing they said was that that the closed cockpit is no that isn't one like, <laughs> isn't um that one is so like nineteen fifties futuristic era. Yeah, which is, which is where, what I where really they love. Had, like all the concept cars that looked like they belonged in the Jetson family. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, it's in my in our in our D and D campaign, this is the car that he's built. My character you are not Roderick bringing up D and D right now. Uh, for you are not. <laughs> I may have accidentally it's done not that. Not happening. But uh, anyways, the point is, is that I think these concept these concepts are really really fun. Obviously, they're they're just concepts. But I think that Ferrari specifically, when I looked into it more, had actually like I'll see if I can find the picture. I mean, concept cars are always fun. Um, they are and i, I think, think for I think the longest time i wanted a bmw izetta I- <laughs> you know the one the one that like opens from the front and the steering wheel is in it and it's only a two-seater and it just looks like a yogurt pot going down the street like i want they they have some in canada they're like super expensive and i can never afford one but yeah, yeah. And he- here's, just, an- here's another one, one of those here's another one that someone drew up um and Okay, those are sexy. Yeah. Those are nice. We need to stop looking at pictures because our listeners cannot see what we're looking at. Now we're just listening to fan gushing ASMR. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? I think just the the point that you and I are trying to make though is that these concept cars were actually uh like like Sorry, these concept cars could they look nice. They look nice, and they could be designed to be smaller. Like this is the last one I showed. This was this was the concept for 2019 size. Yeah, it's a bit. It is a bit wider and more mm. in, in that. But the, they even said that that's just a just so they could they they made it big, look bigger so that you could see the different accents at play. But their actual design was to be smaller and than they, what it's currently. They look nice. They look less like Formula One machines and a little bit more like cars, right? Which I don't know if we necessarily want that, but... Yeah. I do. I oh, do. Okay, one do. one thing I like about automotive industry in general is that cars have a shape. It's my biggest gripe against Lamborghinis. <laughs> is that they just look like a dissection of a wing. Yeah. And, like, I get it, aerodynamics and everything, but when all you can see is the camber angle, it's just like, Why? I, I like things to have multiple shapes where it just, you know, mm-hmm. you know those videos of like detailers where they just like they detail a car with a wax and then they pour a water bottle and you just get to see like the roll of the beads like yeah. through all of the little like bumps and humps. And it's like 
It's just beautiful. Cars are beautiful. They're also powerful. They're also fast. They're also all of that. But there is an artistic appeal to them too. And the more we go with aerodynamics and side pods and trying to flatten them out like a sheet of paper, and it's it's just looking more and more like a machine. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look as nice. I completely agree. I do. I mean, I'm a little biased because I love fighter jets. So I do love the kind of fighter jet aesthetic that they're using with aerodynamics. Watch fighter jet racing. I know. I'm just, Is that just, a thing? I, I really, actually, I don't know. I know, I know be, there's airplane. I feel like that should that be, be a thing. Way too dangerous. But oh my gosh. <laughs> like, like I know I that ever... they do. I knew. Th- I know that they do air shows where they have like choreographed, you know, fighter planes and everything. But like, yeah, I don't know. I feel that's like that's really getting. I feel like that... pod racing, you know, but like the fighter jet version where yeah. it's like you take, you take a, a Formula One track. Right, you, did you put a fighter jet in the air and they just no, follow well, the whole No, well, because we have jet? drones now, right? Oh, have drone so you racing? do it like Mario Kart style, where you just have like halos of drones that are just like mapping out the track, right? And you have to go through all the hoops. Yeah, but you I'm have to be the and and have the hoops big enough for like two fighter jets either side by side or one on top of the other to be able to go through, so you can still have like hoop overtakes. For someone that for why someone is this that, not a thing? For someone who just because of all the deaths, <laughs> because of all the deaths I'm gonna cause. For someone it who went, <laughs> someone who just spent thirty minutes arguing with me that sprint races are dumb because it causes too many problems for a race day and that this would cause so much deaths. Think you about ejecting out of this if you had a bailout and you just couldn't eject because someone's directly above you and you're going down a nosedive. Like that'd be something. Well, I want if you're this, going down a nosedive but, and someone is directly above you, um, and you're in a race. They're not going to be there long. No. You know, like, (laughs) but why is this not a thing? Since we have drones that light up, since we have drones that can hold cameras, right? I feel like, like video games have been preparing us for this event. Why is this not a racing league? Marion G, you have officially stumped me. I really don't know. I don't have a good answer for you. I only have, I'm scared. scared. (laughs) The future is a scary place. (laughs) It is. You never know what's going to happen with this. But no, I absolutely love it. Unfortunately, though, that's where we have to leave things off. Is it really? It is. I love that. It is the time that we have to leave leave that off. Uh, So thank you to all the listeners and everything. You can always find us here first on Civil Radio 101.7 FM in Abbotsford and streaming on CIBL.ca. And then you can find us on demand on Spotify just by going on Spotify and searching The F World. We're, we're, we're actually is we're that, getting is that how that works that's how that Are works sure? we're actually getting up there in terms of searches <laughs> actually i was showing matt and because he he's like yeah you always send, just send me the links on your social medias the f world dot pod the f world pod on instagram the f world underscore pod on twitter mm. and he's like oh i can actually like find it really easily that way but when i searched it on spotify so i showed it and we're actually it came up as the like fourth search in it oh wow that moving of, up in the world moving up however obviously my phone's nearby and they probably know on the network that like yeah, you search that all the time so it probably does that it's but probably a little you know data what? feeding there yeah but you know what I, data feeding whatever that's positive notes for me <laughs> like we're a doing good uh before we leave though i do want to send a special shout out to our homie in brussels or our homie in belgium uh i assume it's brussels i haven't actually looked um if there it was as yeah, soon i was gonna as say there's more than one city in the country you know? i know i just don't know if it is brussels <laughs> or not but uh whoever you are i know 
Thank you so yes. much. You always, sh- you always show up on the analytics as one of our first downloaders. I love you. I love you, dude, or woman, or gotta whoever. Say French. Je t'aime. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much for supporting. A lot of supporter. Text in. You know how to find us because you've been listening. So yeah. you know how to Come find us. Come into our Discord. Come into the Discord. Love it. We would love to know who you are. Yes. Anyways, that is that is for us today. Cheers. Yours in racing. <laughs>